It is uh, hard to believe it's been a year. Last Easter, we were giving a service and preaching to a camera. We had an empty sanctuary. It is good to see you here. Welcome to everyone who's joining us online. We are coming together and will be together again. We also mourn with all those who have lost loved ones this past year or employment or have had a rough go. We know you and we hear you and the church is here for you as well. So let us know how we can be of support in these coming weeks and months. It is Easter. It is who we are. And so let us hear the Easter story. The story today is from the Gospel of John. Slightly different set of verses than those printed in your bulletin. I will be reading from the 20th chapter, the first 18 verses. Listen for the word of God. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. She ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and saw, and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and sisters and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went 
and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Holy Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be receptive to thee. O God, our strength and our redeemer, we pray. Amen. You're late. I know. I know. Some of you actually got here about a half an hour before 11 o'clock. You were very aware of the kind of pandemic protocol that we had in place, and you wanted to get your place. You've been watching the website to find out what time the service is to make sure you wouldn't be late. Some of the folks online might have logged in a few minutes early to make sure the connection is right and to listen to the beautiful prelude. All right, some of you have also been preparing through the season of Lent, perhaps with a Lenten discipline. Maybe some of you have fasted or or read daily devotionals, or attended educational programs, or attended Vespers services, or organ meditations, or Holy Week services. So why should I say you haven't been prepared, or that you're late? You've been very diligent, but you're still late. We're all late. There's just no way around it. For the fact of it is this. Easter has already happened, and we missed it. We came to do our duty. We brought a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloes, but the body was gone. We came to remember something that we seem to have lost, or to reflect on great teachings, or to grab hold of something that we know is important but the body is gone. We came to be fascinated, to wonder, to be inspired, but the body is gone. We came to meet Jesus, but the body is gone. The trumpets and the singing and the grandeur all to shout out that something has happened this morning. The greeting and the shouting and the excitement All to say that finally, this morning, at last, hope is not lost. But it turns out that he has already risen. He has already been busy. He is already out healing the world. Sometime, none of us knows quite when, After that moment that the stone was rolled over the front of the tomb last Friday where his lifeless body was hastily laid even before it was prepared for burial because we had to get home for dinner, for Sabbath dinner, sometime after that moment and before this moment, death was overcome. Darkness turned to light. What was hidden burst forth. The tomb was emptied. By the time we arrived, it had already happened. There was no audience. It just happened. 
the science of it all, none of us know. We just know that everything that keeps us from staying with him and everything that gives us worry and everything that gives us reason to doubt life lost its sting, lost its power, and lost its importance. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. He is the life that has happened while we have been making other plans. He is the life that is life itself, inserting itself, himself, into our life as if to make it all over again. We don't need to look for him anymore. We don't need to wait for him anymore. We don't need to scurry about as if what we do makes any difference whatsoever about whether he is alive or whether he moves among us or whether he is offering us his peace or whether he shows us what it means to love and saves us from ourselves. God in Christ is alive. God in Christ moves among us, offers us peace, shows us love, and liberates us. Oh, sure, Last Friday, we thought he was dead, as we often do still even today. But sometime before the end of even Saturday, he had already broken the gates of hell and freed the captives. And by doing that, he had already made the point that there is nowhere, nowhere that we can go that he has not already been. And that applies to you, too. You are already freed. No matter what you feel captive to. You don't quite feel it? Not yet? You're not alone. Joseph of Arimathea, he didn't feel it yet. Nicodemus, he didn't feel it yet either. Mary and Salome, the other Mary, they didn't feel it either. Neither did John or Peter or Thomas. Nor any one of us who stayed back, delayed waking up, or slowed down because we're just so busy. But God, who is goodness itself, is not dead. God, who is our risen Christ, is alive even though we crucify him. And even though we bury him. And even though we lament over what we have done and go rushing after him, hoping to find God again, no tomb will hold him. No gates will keep him out. No harm or hurt or hate will hide him from the world. Christ is risen well before we know he is. And Christ is out and about and at work well before we sense he is. And again, let me say it, always revived, always alive, always the one who was and is and will be 
that, my friends, is why for all we try to sing and shout and put on a display this Easter morning, we can't sing beautifully enough or shout loud enough or stretch our arms wide enough to make it happen by our own power. It is too real and it is too urgent. We are late because it begins not in us. It begins in Christ. And that is why Easter is also so glorious. Easter asks us to live in light of the infinite possibility that God really is God and is way ahead of us. You know it now, don't you? You know. You know that when you are most centered or most at peace, or most able to sacrifice for others or help folks in pain, or think more about your purpose than your reputation, or see holiness in people where many do not, or desire goodness more than pleasure, or mentor or remember or give joy, or bear what comes in life without breaking, or live with gratitude, As imperfect as you are, you know that when you can live life in that way, that God is ahead of you, showing you the way. I heard it from her in her mid-90s when she told me that after all those years of life, she still remembered who she is And that after praying the Lord's Prayer week after week for those 95 years, she could do nothing other than forgive the many moments of pain that come with 95 years of life and honor the good and receive the joy. And I heard her from him in his mid-60s who told a story of losing everything he had, including every relationship, which in the eyes of the world, what he had was a lot. And yet somehow, finding the only thing that mattered in the vision of a church's steeple, and now knowing for the first time in his long story that life really is a gift. And I heard it from a pastor who had already been serving many years, a a downtrodden community, who heard the story of resurrection as if for the first time and realized that God has a future for his people and that he doesn't need to beg for that future or demand that future. He simply needs to receive it and join with people of good faith to build it. And I heard it from another who told the story of nearly dying at a young age and rising up from a hospital bed and accepting a new reality with a kind of dancing embrace, despite all its uncertainty, and finding purpose in modeling faith and acceptance for others. And I heard it from still another, who faced the sudden death of one she so dearly loved and did not shy away from it. 
She grieved and she gave thanks and she gave her future to God and she made a new way without regret, without anger, and without any sense of injustice. And I heard it from a man who has given all of his life and everything that he can do with all he has to challenge systems and structures of injustice without losing compassion for people while he does. And he says to anyone who will hear that he does that not because others are broken, but because he is broken. And because he has learned that to live well is to live in the peace that comes first from faith. Or let me say it, from resurrection. And so every one of us also heard it from Mary, who stood weeping outside the tomb and bent over to see two angels where the body had been and and heard them ask why she's weeping. And who turned and saw another standing there who she did not recognize, but who asked her the same question, why she weeps. And then heard him say her name, Mary. And she immediately knew who he was, already there, already ahead of her, already making a way, no matter how late she was. Teacher, she said. And she went where he pointed, right on time.